Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Alejandra. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, good. I'm very, very thankful and grateful to be here with you today. Well, I'm very excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about the emotions behind debt and why it keeps people stuck. But before we dive into the gist of the topic, I'd love for you to tell everyone who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Alejandra Rojas. I'm a finance professional and a money coach. And I just really love everything that has to do with money. I'm focusing on helping um, millennial women to take control of their finances and to really enjoy life because there is only one life that we have and we Mm -hmm. have to enjoy it and that's my job I love finances I see um, numbers and finances as the most fun thing ever and it's not (laughs) very common (laughs) Um, that to me is very easy and I teach people how to get that same feeling and how to you know control um, their money and their finances Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love how you say that we only have the one life, right? And so we want to live a life that we enjoy and that we love. Because so many times when people talk about finance, um, it can come across like you're not meant to enjoy your life. So I like the angle and I like that. I like the fact that you emphasize it's one life and we want to live a good life and your money can help you live your life. So I would love you to share your personal story why, how did you become interested in personal finances? Do you have a debt story, a saving story? And what led you to now helping other people? I started as a coach um, 2017 because of my personal story. Because um, like I said before, I work in finances. My bachelor's degree is in finances. I was working, like, you know, I was the kind of, girls that prefer to help her parents they're both accountants uh doing invoices and all these little things admin things than going out to play with my friends because I was really drawn to it so uh, naturally I study um finances I had a very good job just before graduation. And, you know, I was, quote unquote, being successful 
for a person of my age uh, with coming from where I come from in Colombia, getting out of um, my country uh, with an amazing job doing what, you know, I study for. Everybody was expecting me to be this successful person. Everybody was like, well, she got her whole life figured out. Uh, but because <laughs> you got this great job out of college, your whole life is figured out. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's so many things that people put into your head that um, you kind of go with, oh, I should be doing this. Uh, now, what is my next step to do? So I, I got caught up on that train of living again, quote unquote, this successful life. And I was looking for what is the next experience I have to have according to what success is at this point of my life. So long story short, (laughs) uh, six months into that, living that wonderful life, I ended up with a money burned out and with a huge amount of debt. Yes, I increase my income like I never saw before, but I increase my debt in the same, like in the same portion. It was so much debt that I, I just didn't know what to do because it was the imposter syndrome because I was working in corporate finances. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to do better for myself. You had to be good with your money. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that was like, you are supposed to be good with money because you work in finances, right? And at the same time, when I looked back and, okay, let me apply what I know to myself. How how can I get out of this mess? And when I looked back um, to that situation, what I found is that nothing like no part of that debt represent me or it was something that I can point out and say, oh, I had fun doing that or this meant something to me. It was just things passing by, things that meant absolutely nothing to me. (laughs) And I ended up having a huge debt. And I was like, how did I get to this point? This cannot happen anymore. So Mm -hmm. that was like the, oh, and uh, after that conscious decision of changing, what happened is that um, I ended up reactivating an old immune system, a health condition that I deal with when I was a kid. This this, um, condition, you can see on your skin, the purple spots. Um, So I started seeing that on my body and I knew how to control it because, you know, growing up with this health condition, it's a lot of uh, mindfulness because it's immune compromised and all these things. And when I saw myself like getting to the point of not even controlling my own health, it was like, no, I, I need to do something different. I cannot believe that what I love the most as a professional, which is money on finances, it's going to literally take my health away. This is just got to stop. 
So essentially, you graduate from from college, you get a great job, you move out of Colombia, and there's all these expectations from society about the kind of successful life you should be living because you've made it, right? You get this amazing job, you're making a lot of money, but at the same time, because you you have these expectations for yourself, then you end up racking up a large amount of debt. Do you mind sharing how much debt you had that was causing you um, this stress and in turn impacting your health? Yes. So at the time that I look back to how much I had, because you you kind of avoid to look at your statements. And this is why I always encourage people to look at the statements. Um, When I decided to look how much debt I had, I had accumulated around or more than $10,000 in debt in less than six months. Wow. And when you convert that back to your home currency, that must have been a ton of money, right? (laughs) A huge amount of money. Yes, a huge (laughs) amount of money. Um, But but it, it really, it was deeper than that for me, deeper than just the number. Because like I said, I couldn't find anything, anything that represented a long term happiness for me. And how was, you spent that money, right? Exactly. It was essentially like money just disappeared and I got to stop with the debt. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, you know, I, what I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast was just talking about the emotions that keep you stuck in debt. And so what kind of emotions did you have to navigate or that kept you in that $10,000 step that you kind of had to deal with and figure out how to tackle in order to get to the point where you're now able to start paying off your debt? There were a lot, a lot of different emotions and feelings, but there are um, four or five feelings that I experienced and that in my work um, as a coach, I've seen repeatedly people come with these same emotions that I want to point out. And the first one is shame. Shame because you should be doing or you should be having things. And if you don't, what people is going to think about you? Oh mm-hmm. my God, uh, that that is so shameful that you, you're not going to buy that thing. That is that's something that you cannot afford to do when you are living up to somebody else's expectations. That's very so, true. Yeah, so so shame, it's a big one. And it's the first big, big emotion, like the layer that you have to break through. And it's not just shame about not having, like shame of not having a shame of not being able to buy that will keep you in debt, but also the shame of being in debt itself is harsh. Recognizing that you have debt can keep you in that debt because <laughs> you, yeah. you don't want to recognize that there is something there to address. You don't want to, and not, not even to anybody else, just to yourself. It's hard for you to recognize that you want to change that. It's shameful that you have gotten to that point. And it's, it's shameful to recognize, oh, well, yeah, I, I got to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shame definitely holds people back, you know, 
like you said, it's, oh, what are people going to think about me now that I'm not really as successful as I think I am? Um, do I need to keep up appearances, which a lot of people end up doing? Uh, shame that you failed somehow. And as a result, that shame causes you not to look deeper into why you you are mm-hmm. there, why you're in that place, why, what you can do to start to make change to pay off the debt. So shame, I, I definitely agree with you. Shame is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And you are always going to keep coming back to that debt if you don't address those emotions. And one of the chips that you have to start doing is that what success means to you. For me at that point, um, not, nothing of what I was living was success. No part of that life other than traveling was being successful. I just bought it into a definition of somebody else. I didn't know what success meant to me. And therefore, I bought everything that defined success for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You are spending your money based on an idea of success for somebody else. Exactly. So if you really think about it, that is not going to be never enough if you are trying to buy everybody else's definition of anything, especially success. Mm-hmm. So, so you talk about shame. What other emotions do people tackle or did you find yourself tackling as you yeah. face this $10,000 of debt? So... After that shame, it comes a lot of uncertainty and that really um, triggers your sense of safety. Hmm. And that was a huge emotion as well, uncertainty and safety. How am I going to survive? If I don't have this debt, you know, because you, and especially with credit cards, you start thinking that, the money that you have available in your credit card is part of your cash. But it's but not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've maxed out the credit card, how am I going to survive, right? Exactly. So is this safety issue that comes around to you? Like, what am I going to do? Because I need more space on my credit card. And it's just, it never ends. So it's a lot of uncertainty that what the, it's really doing, it's hiding other emotions, deeper emotions that may or may not have to do with money itself, but it has to do with your money story for sure. So uncertainty was big and uh, and that sense of I'm not going to be safe. It's not going to be enough. And then it comes the, am I worthy? Like you worthy? Worth, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So those two, um, that uncertainty and am I being worthy of not or, or not of something goes hand in hand because if I'm not saved, uh, like if I'm not safe, it means that I'm not worthy of being on the place that I am, or I'm not worthy of having what I have. And really, to me, how this looked back in the day was, why am I here with this great job, having all these 
good things happening and I'm still in debt. It means that I'm not worthy of this. And nobody can know about this because if they know, they will see through me. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole cycle that it has to start by bringing awareness to what is really the emotion that you are feeling. Mm -hmm. That's, that's very deep. Like a lot of people are like, okay, I have all this debt. I made a mistake. I want to pay it off. And a lot of times they try, but they slip back into their own old ways. And when you break it down that way, thinking about the emotions that affect us, you know, the shame, the uncertainty, feeling unsafe, nobody has to know, feeling unworthy, or nobody can know what's happening, feeling unworthy, you know, having to keep up appearances because people have this idea of you being a successful person, but behind the scenes, in reality, your truth is that you are trying to keep up. And, you know, I, I going back to what you said about having your credit cards maxed out, but then feeling unsafe because you have you no longer have money to spend and people then now I've seen where people then are like okay I'm going to find another way to increase my credit line I'm going to apply for a credit increase Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a new credit card so going back to what you said I can get that feeling of safety back and those are a, a lot of different emotions feelings things to unpack and be aware about yourself to I believe to truly be successful with beginning and beginning that debt payoff journey, staying with that debt payoff journey and completing your debt payoff journey. Uh, So I I would love for you to share, how did you implement this new awareness of these different emotions in your journey to paying off your $10,000? Yes. So it had to do a lot of, you know, self-awareness and personal development. And I know not all of us have that self-awareness. The reason why I had it at that point is because um, I had to develop my self-awareness and and this self-development journey since I was six years old with my immune system condition. I entered to that world because of my health back when I was six years old. So I knew <laughs> some of the things um, and, and the power of my mind and the power of intention with everything that I do. So that awareness was uh, there for many other aspects of my life. Uh, and to be 100% honest with you, I didn't expect that what I love and I work with was the topic that was going to, um, you know, bring that awareness back. But the reason why I started coaching is because I know that not many people that has has that self-awareness. And I start the processes by bringing that self-awareness to people that by asking these questions, by really, um, you know, calling that part of you that knows because that's the that's the best part um of this journey that we all know that there is something that is not clicking especially with money there is something that we don't feel comfortable with it and the more you avoid it um the more you're gonna continue repeating it Instead, if you are self-aware, like, oh, I'm, I'm not liking this feeling. I don't like how I feel every time that I have to 
past my credit card and I'm thinking I don't have enough money. I This is the only way that I get to do the things that I want. I don't like how I feel about that. Then address it. And that's the first step. Really um, being not a judge, but like an investigator of why are you doing the things that you are doing and bringing that self-awareness is going to help you to identify what's the first step for your journey. So I'm assuming that, that that's what you you did for yourself, right? So when you were, once you identified all these things, then what steps were you taking to pay off your debt? So yes, when I became aware of that, uh, the first thing that I had to do was to make a plan, literally make a plan. But this plan, it wasn't just about budgeting. It wasn't just about tracking my expenses and seeing what I had left, but also it had to do with the emotions itself. Also, it had to do on how am I going to deal with um, people projections when I tell them I'm not going anymore to happy hours or restaurants or how how it, it was it, it's really it, it was really heavy to me because that was the kind of um unconscious state like a state of mind that I was I I literally was buying into somebody else that wasn't Alejandra so when you try to come to your true self to organize your money there is a lot of rejection too and you have to really get comfortable on getting that rejection you have to be really comfortable on being uncomfortable in front of somebody else's eyes because The truth is that if you make a plan and if you make a budget, but then you give in the first time that, just to put you an example, somebody tells you, well, let's go out and have a dinner. And you say, well, I I can't really at this time because whatever. And they give you a bad reaction. It's going to trigger something within yourself. And that trigger may be the break point for you to come back to that debt. Mm-hmm, that's true. Well, I, I have to, they're so angry at me or did I just lose a friend or am I exactly. acting too good for these people because I can't go to the dinner or the happy hour? And then you're like, you know what? I'll just go this one time. I'll put it on my credit card. It's not a big deal. How much can it cost? Exactly. So I had to do that plan too along with my money plan, along with my budget, I had to do my, my like safety zone of thinking what was true for me, what was important to me, what, what were going to be my priorities. And those priorities were the only ones that had space on my budget. And that's when I started to become mindful and intentional intentional with money. And that's when everything just turned. And in a matter of three months, I paid all the debt. In a matter of four months after, I started to travel the world. And I started to really made 
everything that was important to me a reality. But mm-hmm. it wasn't just like, okay, let me put a plan and it's going to work. I had to really prepare myself to mm-hmm. handle like my the people around you, my community and the environment as well as, as myself, because that's the honest truth that some of these ideas that you have in your head, they're just your ideas. Maybe when you tell to your friend, I cannot go to the happy hour. Um, this is my plan. This is my goals. Your friend is going to support you, but -hmm. you don't know until you put that boundary. Yeah. And, and when, and even when you, even when you do that, you still have to have a plan for what if they don't react the way a positive way, right? What if they act in a way that triggers you to, (laughs) like you mentioned, additional debt. Um, I I find this very, um, you know, we have an article on Clever Finance where we talk about emotions and debt as well. And it's a topic that I just find very fascinating because a lot of times it's, it's, it's not about the debt. Like once you got yourself together, once you adjusted the way you were thinking, it took you three months to pay off the $10,000. Right. And the amount of debt you have is relative, right? You could have had exactly. $50,000. You could have had a thousand dollars, but there are people who have these amounts with the ability to pay them off $500 and they still don't because it's like it, many issues, many emotions tied into why yeah. they should pay it off, the ability to pay it off, why they should focus, why it matters. And it's it's very fascinating. And I always say it's it's less about the debt and more about the individual and gaining perspective and gaining awareness and being intentional about wanting to make that change and recognizing what's triggering, what's driving that, which is, you know, everything that that you just said. So I would love for you, Alejandra, to share one piece of advice if you if you were speaking to one of your coaching clients to <laughs> encourage someone who is trying to figure out how to get started with tackling their debt, or maybe they're in the process and they're still navigating these different emotions that are maybe setting them back, what words of encouragement do you have to share? Yes, I will definitely, if you are in that position, I will encourage you to go back and look what is important for you today. What is important for you to have in your life and focus on building that for yourself in a feeling skill, focus on building that vision for yourself again. Dare yourself to dream about having a life out of debt. Dare yourself to go beyond that limitation that you see right now. Because once you pass that line, you're going to have the determination to stick to a plan, to make a plan, stick to a plan and to really get out of that situation. So the first thing that I want you to do is to create a vision for yourself out of debt. Dare yourself to dream out of it. What feelings, what things, what vision you have for your life. And do not think about anybody else or anything else but you. Once you create that vision, once you get that motivation within yourself, start to 
infuse that vision in everything that you do from now on with your money. From a plan to hustling, like to getting another job, to going into whatever expense that you're going to. I want you to carry that vision with, within yourself, but allow yourself to dream out of debt. There is a possibility. There is a whole world without debt. And you have to start tapping into that world, even if it is just in your mind just now. I love that. And that's certainly something I do for myself with goals I want to achieve. I try to see it in my mind's eye first. And when I can see it, it becomes closer to being tangible, closer to being real because I can imagine it. Right. So that's great advice. Imagine yourself being debt free. Dream yourself out of that debt. And once you can see it in your head, then you're going to be motivated to take the actions, to take the steps, because in your mind's eye, in your head, you're you've already achieved this goal. That's great advice. Yes, absolutely. It is really like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked everyone who comes on the show to share what their Clever Girl superpower is. I'd love for you to tell me what is your Clever Girl superpower? Uh, I think you guys picked on it uh, throughout all this um, interview, but my Clever Girl superpower is being authentic to myself. Um, I truly believe that personal finances is about being personal and I couldn't be more personal to myself. Authenticity is the baseline for, for this. Yeah. Authenticity is so, it's so important to live, just to live your best life. Honestly, you, you have to be true to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. You can't care what other people think. You can't be trying to impress other people. So I think that's an excellent superpower to have. (laughs) (laughs) And where can folks learn more about you? How can they keep up with Alejandra? Yes. So um, if you go to my website, www.alejandrar.com, you can find all the info there. But I always, I'm always on Instagram more than I should be on Instagram. <laughs> are, are <we> all? <laughs> uh, so if if you go to add Alejandra R underscore coach, uh, that's my Instagram. I actually have some uh, pretty good free series coming up over my Instagram. I'm telling you, I spend more time. <laughs> I have to do that. I love to be on the camera. So, uh, yeah, come and and hang with the community for for a little. And I'm always open for a chat. Um, I think it's very important to talk about finances, especially if we are women, um, yes. women of color. I mean, there is so many things that we have to start breaking down. And the the first step is just talk about it. So I'm I'm here for you. Awesome. And we'll be sure to put those links to your website and to your social media in the show notes. So thank you so much, Alejandra. This was such a pleasure to have you here to share your insights and knowledge with, with all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, You can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.